Hey, Parker family, it's good to be with you today. Um, even though it's in a different venue, I want you to know we miss you and, and I'm looking forward to being with you uh, again very soon in person. I want to share a word of encouragement with you today from God's Word, um, Philippians chapter 4. But I was asked a question the other day about everything that was going on, and the question was very simply this. How can something so small, so small like this virus, make such a big impact and affect so many people's lives? When I was asked that question, I began to think about what Jesus said about something very small in in His Word, and that word is faith. In fact, He said it like this in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, You will say to this mountain, move here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible to you. So the real question is, how can my faith make a difference? Something as small as a mustard seed makes such a big impact. How can I be a part of that? Well, I want to share that with you this morning. Paul addressed that in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. And here's what he said. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content In whatever circumstances I am, I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Now, we've heard Philippians 4.13 a lot. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But Paul says he's learned the secret of being content. So there's three quick things that I want to share with you, how our faith can become stronger and how we can use our faith to impact the world today that so desperately needs that. The first thing is that we have to be willing to trust His past, trust God's past. And here's what I mean by that. In Exodus chapter 13, verses 21 and 22, the Bible tells us that God went before the children of Israel as they were going to the promised land, as they were wandering through the desert. Here's what it says. Verse 21, The Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way, and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light that they may travel by day and by night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. You see, if we trust His past and we rely on what God has done in the past for us, then our faith can grow and our faith can make an impact. So the question that we have to ask is, what has God done in our past? It's at times like this that we have to look back and see what God was doing in our lives and trust that, that the same God that was there through that is the same God that we worship and that we love and that we have a relationship with today. So if our faith's going to be stronger, then we have to learn to trust His past. But secondly, we have to rest in His presence. Hebrews 13.5, the writer says this, Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content in what you have. For He Himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I forsake you. The Bible makes it very clear that God is with us now. Jesus told us that He would never leave us nor forsake us. We have to be willing to rest in His presence right now. And that means that we don't necessarily understand everything, that we can't explain everything, explain everything to, to, to people what's going on, but we can know that He is with us right here and right now. 
He also told Joshua in chapter 1, verse 5, it says, No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, notice the present tense, I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Do not forget that God has not left us to walk through this on our own, but He is with us right now. So we have to trust in His past and we have to rest in His presence. But we also have to make sure that we rely on His future, that God has a plan and that God is in control. We have to be willing to proceed in the peace that God has laid out before us. John 14, 3 tells us something very important. As the disciples were questioning where He was going to go, what He was going to do, they didn't understand all the things that were going on. Chapter 14 of John, verse 1 through 3, says this. Jesus says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to Myself, that where I am, you may also be. Jesus made a promise to His followers that He will bring us to where He is, that He has control of the future. We cannot lose sight of that right now. Again, even though we don't necessarily understand, we have to rely on His future, not on what we think. We need to remember that. John 14, 27, later on in that chapter, Jesus says something else very important that I believe is so relevant for us today. He says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives you do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Jesus said, I'm leaving peace with you so that we can, we can rely on His future. And then James 1.3 says, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. We need to understand that whatever we're going through right now, that God's going to use later on to make an impact. Do not lose sight of that. There's something I want to read to you this morning that, that somebody gave to me the other day that I thought was so, um, so relevant for where we are today and so comforting. And it's about Abraham. And here's what it says. Abraham, his faith was so weak that he pretends that Sarah is not his wife twice. His faith is so weak that he impregnates a servant girl. His faith is so weak that he laughs at God. But Paul says Abraham didn't waver in his belief, that he believed beyond all hope that he was fully persuaded of God's power. Now Paul was a great teacher. Paul was a rabbi. He knew Abraham's story backwards and forwards. So how could he say this about Abraham? Well, here's why. When Abraham said yes to God, he began from scratch. There was no Old Testament. How many of the Ten Commandments did Abraham know? None. There were no Ten Commandments. The story of Moses, Mount Sinai, giving of the law, the story of David, the Psalms, and the sacrifices had not even occurred yet. He didn't know any stories about the Lord God, Yahweh. He had zero information. He was the product of a brutal, superstitious, ancient culture. Joshua told the Israelites long ago, your forefathers, including Terah, who was the father of Abraham, they lived beyond the river and worshipped other gods. In other words, Abraham was raised like everybody else in his culture, a pagan in a pagan world. As far as we know, in Genesis chapter 12, that's the first interaction that God had with a living God. 
And this God says to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land that I will show you. Now why is that important? Well, it was important because Abraham was completely dependent on God. But you see, the hero of this story, of Abraham's story, is not Abraham. It is God. It wasn't Abraham's faith, but it was God's faithfulness that made the difference. And I want to encourage us to remember that. So the question this morning is, why does my faith matter? Remember this verse. Jesus says this in John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. Remember that he chose you. Do not lose sight of that. Let your faith grow. Let your faith be stable because of what he's done. And here's the deal. In both of the situations that Paul brought up in Philippians, whether needing much or having plenty, both of those situations test our faith. But here's the thing. We need to trust in the object of our faith, not the quality of it. Trust in the object of your faith. Focus on Jesus Christ. Here's what I want to challenge us to do this week. You may have some neighbors and some friends that maybe you haven't talked to in a few days. Maybe you've been praying for them. Maybe you've been wondering about their relationship with Christ. Give them a call. Send them a text message. Send them a letter. Let them know you're praying for them. Ask them if there's anything specific you can pray for. Listen, folks, we've been talking all year about this being the year of revival. Right now is a great opportunity to share Christ with those that you're not sure that they know or to share an encouraging word with somebody maybe who has been discouraged that their faith is not how big it is, it's who it's focused on. So I want to challenge you today. Let somebody else know what God's doing in your life, what He has done, and what He is going to do. Do not lose sight of that. Again, we love and miss you. We look forward to being back together again. But let's be the church today so that we can make an impact for tomorrow. We love you, and we're going to continue to be praying for you.